What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm Hunter, and I'm joined by George and Tyler. Uh, sorry for the late upload. I had some out-of-town business to take care of. Uh, but let's start at the, off this episode with the NBA and going into All-Star Reserve replacements. So if you guys didn't see, there were two All-Star Reserve replacements and DeJounte Murray and LaMelo Ball. Uh, I mean, my thoughts quickly, it, exactly what I thought was going to happen, exactly what everybody thought was going to happen, everybody predicted, it turned out. Great yeah. for them. They deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's debatable that they were the two that were going to get it. Like. Yeah, like, I mean, this. they were the two front runners the whole time, and nobody else was really close. Um, yeah. The only real thing about it is if you can choose reserves out of position, I wish you, you just dealt away with the positions, but that's a discussion for another day who cares um, and it's especially not that, yeah. especially i was just shocked that Dejounte murray didn't get it this like the first time around but i guess yeah. since he got replacement it still doesn't matter it, it, yeah it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. he still gets the all-star bin exactly all right so we can move on to the nba trade deadline we're going to talk about a couple trades but first let's talk about the lakers not making any trades i i saw like a bunch of different uh like sources saying like the lakers were gearing up for trades they were like interested in this package this package like there were a couple of rumors going around, but then nothing happened. Uh, I saw Taylor, Taylor Horton Tucker was supposed to get traded some places. Mm-hmm. Like there were like three different places, but I guess Le GM did not have <laughs> yeah. any. Well, and that's what always yeah. happens with the Lakers too. They're always like rumored to be doing this. Like even in free agency, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're totally gonna make this happen," and then nothing ever happens. So yeah, I just I don't understand like as Le GM and the uh, Lakers front office how like with aging LeBron, this team that like. Le GM built to be, like, the superstar team of, like, all these old heads that was going to get a chip. Um, I don't understand how you waste, like, this fantastic year LeBron is having um, when you know that he's not going to be in the league for much longer. Well, I, and It was yeah. a prime opportunity to make trades. I think... They I, really have the guys to ship well, off. Well, I think LeBron's, LeBron, LeBron's great year is being counteracted by Russell Westbrook's shitty years. Yeah. Well, I think those kind of balance I, out. I also think you have to, like... Look at the, like, LeBron's setting up numbers, yeah, but, like, if you even look at that Warriors game from yesterday or two days ago or whenever that was, like, he didn't play well, but he still had, like, a 26-15 game. Like because well, he takes, he it, takes it, a yeah, lot of he, shots. He took more shots than he had points scored, so, like, I mean, and I'm not discrediting LeBron. Like, he's played, like, a top-ten player in the league right now, but, um, you know, yeah. I think, I, I think, mean... you know, the Lakers are screwed in, like, two years because Bronny's going to get drafted, and LeBron's going to leave the Lakers. Like, he's, he's out of there as soon as Ronnie's there. And now you look, they got a bunch of old, aging assets. Like, they have nothing to trade with. Yeah, I just... I, and the fact that the Lakers lost to this JV Blazers team that... Yeah. Well, they lose to the Thunder so twice early yeah. on in the year, too. Like, I, I don't understand how you look at this team and you're like, yeah, I don't see any problems we have to solve. Everything looks fine here. Well, the funniest thing is that LeBron, the guy who built the team himself, came out after the Bucks game was like, yeah, we're just not at the level they're they're on, and we'll never get to the level that they're on. And it's like, like, wow, yeah, so this yeah. is your team that you well, built, handpicked, and you're don't like, be surprised when LeBron heads to Cleveland this off season. I think SportsCenter needs to stop like drooling over the Lakers right now. Like we always see the Lakers highlights after each one of their games. Exactly. Like they're not a team that we need to see. I well, mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're, I don't need even, to see Anthony LeBron, Day to Davis. Is I, I don't need to see LeBron throwing down like a casual like regular wide open. Dunk. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like it's like fast break. this team is twenty six and thirty one, and they are in like they're not they don't have any momentum. They they're not gonna like they, they'll be lucky to even win in the play in. Like I genuinely think they yeah. can get eliminated in the play in. 
over teams like the T-Wolves. I think the T-Wolves, like, wipe the floor at the Lakers right now. Like, I, I just, I also think the Clippers, I think they play the Clippers right now if the plan started. I take the Clippers over them without PG or Kawhi. And if those guys come back too, and Lakers are screwed. Kings are heating up, Pelicans are heating up. And yeah. Oh, now yeah. Now Portland's in the play-in and they're obviously They're going to be down, out. They're going to be yeah. out, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked about pretty much whatever we were going to talk about with the Lakers. I think they're just not a team we really need to focus on. Um, so let's move on. The first player that we're going to talk about is Karis LeVert to the Cavs. Your thoughts on the trade? Um, I mean, Pacers are selling. Like, their tickets are like a dollar each. So yeah. even management who, like, the whole reason the Lakers weren't starting a rebuild when they should have was because they were still selling tickets. And management's like, hey, we're bringing in money. We don't care if we're not winning anything. But now they're a boring bad team. So we knew that uh, they were going to try and sell at this deadline. And it just made sense to flip Karis LeVert. And um, it's cool to see that these uh, Cavs that are really a bunch of young uh, guys heating up and looking pretty scary right now acquire uh, another uh, piece who's fairly young. and um, Pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah, he can really help move the ball and just give them another threat because obviously they traded Ricky Rubio, who with a torn ACL is not doing anything on the floor for a while now. Well, yeah, and also he is he's getting very old very fast. Yeah. And uh, one thing I saw from the Pacers that I, I, I kind of like saw as a theme with all their trades they made is that I feel like they're going into a rebuild period and like they're going to try and go to uh, more of a, like a younger uh, core with like guys yeah. like Malcolm Brogdon, guys like... Uh, who's the young guy? on this? Tyrese yeah. Halliburton. Uh, Tyrese got... Halliburton that they just got. Uh, they just dra- uh, they've uh, just drafted another guy. Oh, uh, Chris Duarte. Yeah, Chris Duarte. He's been, he's, good. He's been yeah. really good. I feel like they're trying to go with more like a Thunder route with the young core, mm-hmm. try and build them up. They like, have a small team though. Other than Miles Turner, they got a I know, small. But yeah. like that's that's TJ McConnell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, that's the one thing that the Cavs were lacking their weaknesses. I think they see something in this this team this year that not many other people saw coming into this year, and yeah. then they actually have a shot to make a late playoff run. Be the without team, like, LeBron exactly yeah, be yeah. The, yeah and they also have the ability like and the only thing they were lacking was guards and like yeah. guard depth and smaller line and like smaller pieces like they have guys like Mobley guys like Jared Allen guys like Laurie Markin and Kevin Love like they their have, only guard was really their, their only guard was Garland. I mean Colin Sexton too well, he's Sexton's hurt but hurt. honestly like he's hurt and yeah. where I'm at too I think he needs to be gone after this year like he's out for the season and I think he's a cancer I, I hate to say it but I think. Having him on your lineup only makes you worse. I think he just turns the ball over too much. He's a defensive liability. He's just like he's a ball hog too. Yeah, he's yeah he doesn't pass. He's the Russell ball. Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yeah, he's he's like he's like a really good young player, but like you don't want him on your team. You know, he'll put up very solid numbers, but he's not very good. Uh, and I mean, other than that, I think you guys summed it up perfectly. Like the Pacers are a horrible team. They're selling right now. Um, the Cavs just got another good piece that can help them. A um, little bit more experience too. He's played in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think I think uh, the Cavs won this trade for sure, in my opinion. All right, and then going into the next trade, we have I something I never saw coming at all was the C.J. McCollum trade to the Pelicans. I had no idea this was coming, and the Pelicans really got this with only giving up, like, Josh Hart or uh, yeah, was, a few other guys. Josh Hart was the biggest piece. Uh, yeah. Josh Hart was the biggest piece, so they keep guys like Brandon Ingram, they keep mm-hmm. guys like Zion, and they add yeah. C.J. McCollum, who's an experienced, like, veteran-type player to mm-hmm. that roster. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to see the duo of Dame and CJ break up, but it just wasn't working in Portland, and it really was time to move on. So I'm glad to see that Portland's at least open to making changes. 
But I was really surprised, actually, to see the Pelicans were the ones getting CJ because it just seems like this season they really have not been able to get their act together um, with just, like, the team overall performing poorly and Zion being a fat piece of shit that, like... Um, <laughs> Dude, he is it, really chunky. Like, yeah, I just... Chunky. I was surprised that they were willing to buy in on another guy who isn't going to be around for a whole much longer. But, um, hey, I mean, I, I like this move for the Pelicans. I just, I don't understand the Blazers right now, but they're at least being, um, I don't know, they're at least being, like, consistent in what they're doing of just sell for these random young guys because I think we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. I think they want cap space, and I think, you know, it's sad that CJ and Dame didn't work out. Well, I'm not even going to say they didn't work out. They were the ones that were working. Yeah. It's just the I mean, GM they got to didn't... a Western Conference like, final. Yeah, they got to a Western Conference final. I think the biggest issue was... Just the front, like, you know, the yeah. front office in uh, Portland also, didn't make Also, no free agents trades. want to sign with Portland because yeah, it's, like it's a small the biggest, market the biggest, team. The biggest trade or free agent they got was Cody Zeller, and how is Cody Zeller going to win you a championship? Yeah. Like, and I, I think, you know, yeah. the Blazers just weren't going to get it. And I think, too, the Pels definitely won this trade where, you know, you get C.J. McCollum, and now you almost have a big three really big if you include Zion's weight, but, like, yeah. bro, Zion's got to lose weight because then this team could be very, very good. They can they can compete for, like, I could see, like, a 4 or 5 seed in the Zion West. Zion was an all-star, and yeah. he just hurt himself and, and decided to become too. a fat piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. He has such a yeah. terrible mentality I mean, that it is... And CJ McCollum started off slow on Thursday in his first game. He had 15-7-5, and five, but, I mean, and, like, Pelicans fans were, like, kind of doubting that trade. And then it's he expected. Popped, but, I know, but then he popped off and he dropped 36 the next game, yeah. and you're like, okay, shit, maybe this is the guy that we need. He's a shooter. They needed a shooter, and exactly. they got one. Yeah, I think that was a good pickup. And, yeah. hey, I, I was just saying, too... The Blazers are two and zero since making these trades. Um, I don't know if that means anything. They'll probably end the season like two and forty after making these trades. I mean, yeah. hey, two and zero starts a good start. But uh, let's move on to an even bigger trade: um, Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers, Demontis Sabonis to the Kings. What are your guys' thoughts? I think the Pacers, in reality, won this trade because yeah, they get yeah, rid of they get rid of Halliburton. But they should have gotten rid of De'Aaron Fox. They tried That's it with what Fox. I'm he 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 wasn't he he's like he's not working out. Halliburton just came up. You get a big, but like who do you have to pair him with? You have uh and you got So what Tyrese Halliburton is really exceptional at is the pick and roll. He's fantastic with the pick and yeah. roll, something DeMontis yeah. Sabonis excels at. De'Aaron Fox can't perform a pick and roll for shit. So like they gave away like I feel like the Sabonis Halliburton uh pairing would have been so much better. And I think we're starting to see the the glimpses of uh, De'Aaron Fox's ceiling, whereas Tyrese Halliburton has so much more to grow. And I just, I really wish they would have given uh, De'Aaron Fox up instead of Halliburton. But, hey, the Kings, this is something we haven't seen him do in a while, make moves. So Yeah, I know, especially, it wasn't even one, too. Like, yeah, uh, they got this, is something, this is something that wasn't really that big of a trade. Uh they they also gave away Bagley. I think they they got who wasn't doing anything. Yeah, he wasn't doing yeah. anything. They didn't even have him in the rotation. Well, for he like he a, actually was averaging fifteen and ten like two seasons ago, and then their coach just decided, yeah, we're not going to use him anymore. Like, yeah, he wasn't dog shit Luke Walton. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't horrible, but they didn't want him anymore. And then I believe they got Jeremy Grant as well. And they did. No, I was no, just that, checking. That, they that did. Was, uh, if they got Jeremy Grant, this team could be legit. Oh, no, 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 it was just Dante Divincenzo. Um, but 
It's like Trey Lyles and yeah, a couple Trey other Lyles, nobodies. Yeah, Trey Well, I mean, I mean, even you like you look at even though you get rid of Halliburton, then you flip a guy that you're not using in Bagley, and you get that guard right back in Dante yeah. Divincenzo, it's who like has a, playoff experience. A mini version of what they do basically with Simmons. Yeah, basically, yeah, pretty much. Uh, my opinion on this trade is, I think, I think you know, I don't really understand the Pacers like. Like we were saying earlier, they're a small ball team now. They have like ten guards, no forwards. Where the problem was, they were a big ball team before. Miles they Turner, <laughs> yeah, like the ball. Like I, I'm so confused. I really think they need to fire their GM. Um, I think the Kings is very interesting. You get De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis. You know, this league is kind of turning into like a two star league where like the best teams really have yeah. like two big time players, and then after that, you know, what do you what they you move talking, on? What are you talking about? I mean, the, the last the, the last and the last uh, championship in it, the last finals had. I know. I'm the saying. Suns, I'm saying right now, Saul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then the Bucks, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. But I'm saying, I'm saying like more like two and a half, honestly. Yeah, yeah. For it, the Suns. It, I wouldn't call Ayton a star. And, and I, I think mean, he, he had at, that game winning tip in, but I mean, I, he, I, he, I he's say he's a big piece in their lineup because especially he's the big guy. I say you look. I mean, other than like those teams, like yeah, the Bucks, yeah. But like at the same time, Drew Holiday's not an All Star this year, like. You gotta look. I think it is becoming more of a two-star league, two and a half-star league, where like you have two big-time, big-name players, mm-hmm. all-star players, and then after that, you know, you have another piece that's really, really yeah. strong, right? I think the Kings right now they got their two really good players that could potentially get to that all-star level. They're not the superstars that we see in like Milwaukee or uh, Philadelphia, but like they're players that you know they're relatively young they can improve yeah. i really wish that uh the kings kept tyrese halliburton maybe gave away De'Aaron fox and got you know another pretty good player in return but mm-hmm. um because i think tyrese halliburton has a bright future not very many players like playing in sacramento he yeah. was one of them so i hate that he tr- got traded but um i, I, I he, like what the kings are doing though. yeah i think they're moving in the right direction i think we're seeing the benefit of the play-in right now because kings are five spots out of like the eight seed were two seasons ago i think they would have just called it quits but now you really see these bottom teams making moves for a shot at the playoffs because unless you're really bad you're not really out until mm-hmm. like that final bell rings yeah. and yeah. i i like what this is doing to the league it's been one of the, it's probably been one of the most exciting trade deadlines i've seen in a while with the most exciting trade being uh the sixers and the nets uh what do you guys think about that one yeah, so I'll start this one off. Um, I I see this as uh, a win for the Bucks, and um, I'll get into that a little bit later. But I must say, I think both teams accomplished what they wanted to in this trade. I think Kevin Durant said it best. Everybody got what they wanted. Um, you know, the Nets, they add Ben Simmons, who is a really good defensive player, um, and their defense was horrible. Uh, James Harden plays no defense. So I think they they got more depth. They got a good defensive player. A player that's probably not going to be an all-star like anytime soon. Like he's he's always going to be playing at a decent, almost all-star level, but I don't think he'll really be an all-star. Um, and then the Sixers, I mean, they got James Harden. They got rid of you know Ben Simmons, who's eating up like all their money, just being a cancer around their team. So I think both teams got what they wanted. But I think when you look at the bigger picture of things. James Harden is gonna choke in the playoffs. Ben Simmons is gonna choke in the playoffs. Like they traded. Ben Simmons not even gonna show up. James Harden might not even re-sign with the Sixers after this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this year. Does he have another year? No, it's just just this year. This is the last year on his contract. He he has a player option, so he technically could stay for another year. He could, but that's only if he wants to. He could decline his player. But that's true. It's it's interesting. I think when you look at it though, James Harden got clamped up by Drew Holiday last year. And you take him out of the game, the Sixers just traded away some of their depth. 
and you look at the Bucks. Like Giannis is, in my opinion, the defensive player of the year right now, um, which is obviously debatable and it's still very early. But like he's always been a very good defensive player. So I think he's more likely to go off on Embiid than Embiid's likely to go off on him. Um, I think Giannis is better than Embiid personally. Um, so I think the Bucks match up against the Sixers even better than they did before. And I think when you look at the Nets too, I just think you know they traded away somebody that wasn't great for them in the playoffs last year for somebody that was even worse in the playoffs last year. And like, yeah, they got some depth and I'm interested to see how like Andre Drummond and Seth Curry work out. But like Seth Curry's hurt right now and the Nets are on an 11 game losing streak. So, I mean, um, that's just my take on the trade. And as a Sixers fan, the way I see it is it's a win. Like um, Ben Simmons, we were paying him the money and he wasn't there. So Ben Simmons was like a non-factor in the trade because he wasn't going to play for us regardless. So essentially, we traded on our starting lineup Seth Curry for James Harden, something I like. We gave up picks. I just see picks in the NBA as very like hit or miss, and I don't oh, really, I don't mind giving them up. And you know, it's hit, miss, miss, miss. Like you, mm-hmm. it's very hard to hit on picks in the NBA. Yeah. So unless you um, have like a top three pick. Yeah, exactly. So um, we, in my mind, we really traded Millsap for Drummond. And obviously, I think Drummond's better than Millsap, but I think Harden is much better than uh, Seth Curry that it doesn't really matter to me. And the Sixers get that second star they're looking for, and this really helps them um, because I actually can see them. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals now where I would have been pretty uh, surprised before this trade because Embiid's having an MVP season right now, but he can't do it all himself. Um, And... Nets, thanks for taking Ben Simmons. Uh, he's going to just screw you guys over like he did us. Um, so sucks to suck. Uh, have fun with Ben 10. Yeah, I mean, and another thing too, I, I'm I'm nervous for James Harden because I saw reports before the trade that, you know, he was scared of, you know, the, the like, result of him asking for a trade, like what the fans were going to think. Well, now he's in Philly, so if he doesn't play at, like, you know, his level in the playoffs – he should be scared because they're not going to let him have it. Yeah, to play. And <laughs> I, I truly just don't think he's going to score more than 20 points per game in the playoffs. Like He averaged probably, like what, 16 points a game last year in the playoffs or something, like really low. Yeah, but um, alongside Kyrie and um Kyrie Durant. was hurt, though, like against the Bucks. Yeah, but in the first uh, series is where they all really played together because then Harding got hurt like the second game against the Bucks and yeah. right away. It's just I don't know. He just doesn't look like he's in his peak athlete form too. Like he's still fat. Like I, I don't know. I think it's interesting, and I'm interested to see what happens come playoff time because you know I think the top five teams in the East are all like you know they're all so close that it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, so uh, that pretty much wraps up our uh, thoughts on the NBA trade, de- trade deadline. So now we're going to transition into another topic. Uh, this one's more NFL-based. It's We're going to grade the new NFL coach hires, as there have been many. Like, I think there's Yeah, one, there's, two, there's three, plenty three, of them, yeah. There's like nine, eight, nine. Uh, yeah. Like, that's, like, yeah. I mean, some of these are really, a lot of them are, like, I'd say 90% of them are just uh, coordinators for uh Oh yeah, from other teams, which is kind of uh, interesting to see because I don't see a lot of them. Uh, I don't. You usually see a lot of uh, other yeah. head coaches getting signed to new head coaching positions or yeah. head coaches from well, like like Mike Zimmer, up. like yeah, yeah, he's he 
jobless right now. I mean, yeah. it's kind of surprising. Brian Flores isn't quite as surprising because of his lawsuit. I think, you know, I think he's going to get a head coaching job again in the NFL. I just I, think this I year is hard. I would he would, but, like, with this lawsuit, like, I think he's a great coach. I don't have an opinion on the lawsuit, um, but I think he really did hurt himself because it makes it, like, I'm not going to interview the guy if I risk the chance of getting sued just because that's not good for me in the end. Um, I think, for, for me personally, I think he has a shot at getting a job again in like one or two years. I think this year is going to be almost impossible. And, you know, he was complaining about the Lovey Smith hire and how, you know, he had a Texans lock before he started this lawsuit. And it's like, you know, they want to see how everything plays out with the lawsuit. I personally think he's a good coach. He just needs to, like, you know, take a chill pill um, with all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that being said, I think we're ready to get into it. Um, first hire was, uh, Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator was hired as the Bears head coach. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I'm going to give this one a B plus. I mean, it's a solid, solid, uh, choice. I love how the Colts defense played this, uh, this season. I feel like they really, uh, showed out with not that many defensive pieces being known. Like not a lot of superstars, but yet they played really well. But that being said, uh, I feel like there were just better options out there for the Bears. And I feel like the Bears are already a defensive team. I feel like what they needed more was an offensive mind to get mm-hmm. Justin Fields rolling with David Montgomery, get Allen Robinson back into his groove. I mean, we saw their last defensive coach. Um, yeah. That was kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah but uh, that's just something I feel like they needed. I feel like they needed someone to coach the offensive side of the balls. Their defense was always pretty solid. But uh, overall, I'm still happy with the choice. I feel like it'll work out. But, I mean, that's just because I'm a Packers fan, so that's why I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just two extra wins a year. Exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd grade this one, you know, a C. I think it's an interesting hire. I think the Colts' defense has always been underrated. You know, he kind of built, you know, the Darius Leonard and the Kenny Moore guys up, you know, two superstar players. And, like, the Colts' defense has always been pretty good. They get takeaways. But, you know, again, like what you said, like, they have Justin Fields. They have a quarterback that's going to be going into his second year last year or next year last year he didn't play very well I don't care what anybody says they're blaming the O-line and stuff it's his job to get the ball out of his hands before like 10 seconds pass like he had some where he was just holding on to the ball and like he was like oh no the offensive line well you know you can't blame the offensive line when you have like 70 yards and three interceptions through like three quarters so I think they needed a offensive uh type of coordinator coach um, which is why I give this hire a C. I have nothing against this dude. Like, had he gone to other teams, maybe it would have been like a B plus hire. But for me personally, I just think it's a C. Like, I, I think it's average. yeah. I give it a C as well. It's just it's a mid hire. I don't think they needed to go more defensive minded. And um, but like they they hired a good defensive coordinator. Um, I just there was picks I liked more, but there was also picks I liked less. Just kind of a mid pick. Yeah. All right, so the next coaching job is the Broncos hired the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. We uh, all know why they did it. Yeah, we, yeah. All, we all know. So if it works out like they want it to, I think it's a it's an A hire. I think it's mm-hmm. great because you get Rodgers, you get the Packers offensive coordinator, you turn like your offense, trying to turn that offense into what the Packers offense was this past year. I feel like that, uh, that definitely is a... Uh, uh, Good hire, if but only if it works out for them. If it doesn't work out for them, I feel like it's more of a C hire, D hire, because you get the offensive coordinator, the offensive mind, but you don't get the weapons, and you don't get mm-hmm. like any other uh, positions around him. 
to work with. Like you still have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he's just going to be working with the same thing they were last year. I think this one also is very tentative, um, based off of like you said, like what happens in the future. Right now, I'm going to give it a B higher. I think their offense. I mean, the Packers' offense was very good. The Broncos' offense, in my opinion, kind of underperformed. Um, and I think, you know, they did this to get Aaron Rodgers. And I think if they don't, they should go after a player like Carson Wentz, who I saw uh, could be traded or cut by March 19th um, by the Colts. I think he's a player that, you know, he's not very good, but he has that experience where, like, you know, he can elevate your team. And I just I, – I love Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl anytime soon. I feel the same way about Drew Locke. They're just not guys that are going to, you know, win you a ton of games. So it's like – I think it depends on the pieces that they can build, um, but I think right now I'd give it a B or a B minus. I think it's a it's a good hire, good hire for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, with their intent to be to get Aaron Rodgers, this is a good hire. Um, if that doesn't work out, though, I don't think this guy is it. I think Matt Lafleur is really the brains behind the operation. So yeah. let's hope mm-hmm. they get Rodgers. Um, if they do, great. A hire. Yeah. If they don't, D hire. Um, mm-hmm. What's the next one we got? I agree. Uh, Texans, Lovey Smith. Um, I, I think this is an F, bro. Yeah, I, think, I, I do think not think this is an F. I think Lovey Smith is just, like, he's not, a, he's not like, horrible, but I think with the situation he's being put into, there's really not much he can do. Yeah, Texans needs someone to grow with the organization, not someone that's, like, he's older. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. Not, I think my, my opinion on this hire is it's very interesting. This is probably the most interesting hire out of all of them, where Lovey Smith was a guy that you guys got to remember – he was just fired by University of Illinois. He was a very horrible football yeah. school. He was just fired by them. But at the same time, you think back, he took the Bears to that Super Bowl when they had a no-name player as their quarterback, like literally a Rex nobody. Gro- Rex Grossman. Yeah, like he, he was their quarterback when he took the Bears to the Super Bowl. A very defensive kind of coach, but he hasn't been very relevant or good in years. So I yeah. think... I didn't look up who this guy was. I didn't know who he was. No, I, I remembered him from I back he was, when he was on the Bears. I knew he was the Bears head coach, but I also yeah. remembered like the Bears had one good year, and then all they, the rest they did is they just like sucked yeah. on a massive That's team. That's the Bears. Like, the rest of it, yeah. yeah, so I, I'd give this higher a D, I think, too. Maybe even a D minus. Like, yeah, like you said, he's an older guy. They should have gone for somebody young. And also, like, and I know, you know, there are some guys like, Eric Bieniemy, I think. Uh, Bieniemy. Yeah, that Bien-Ami. guy. Like, the problem with Eric Bieniemy is he has a lot of uh, – Behavior problems with like yeah, his domestic name is situations. Yeah, enemy, bro. Like literally. <laughs> yeah, but, his, but a lot of domestic situations and like, DUI situations. In, I don't in know Kansas City, he's had no them. issues for a while. I don't think so. Like I don't know. I, I mean, I think Dude, he's had no issues for like three months. Yeah. It's the progress. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they needed a younger guy. Lovey Smith, in my opinion, just isn't it. Uh, I think that I think that also carries over into the next coaching hire for the Jaguars, which was Doug Peterson. I think. Doggy yeah. P, baby. Yeah, uh, I feel like with the uh, amount of racial uh, players they have on the Jaguars, I feel like Doug Peterson wasn't the right guy to hire. I think he's a great hire, actually. Yeah. I, I'd argue opposite. I'd argue that this is actually an A hire. Um, I never thought Doug Peterson was an issue in Philadelphia. And actually, as probably, I mean, I know I said this last week, but as probably like the biggest Philadelphia Eagles hater there is, I honestly, Doug Peterson was the one guy that I gave credit to, and it was like, you know, I respect him a lot. That Super Bowl was awesome. Um, good for him. He just butted heads with the manager too I, I, much. Yeah, I think, owner. I think, yeah, he just disagreed with the owner. He just kind of grew, grew off Carson Wentz. But honestly, rightly so, like, Nick Foles was great for them, and I, I don't mind Doug Peterson. I think, um, you know, 
I think that this is a good hire for Trevor Lawrence, too. I mean, Carson Wentz was playing at an MVP level um, until he got hurt in 2017. So I actually really like this Jags hire, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I think they needed an experienced NFL coach. Um, I still think I'm near the fucking field house, dude. Doug Peterson was... Uh, he was the guy they needed. Um, so I, I like this hire. I'll give it a B. Um, it's a, uh, yeah. I, it's I mean, a turmoil I go A. I'm shocked he didn't get hired last year. Um, but I, I think this is a really good hire. And next up is the Raiders. And I'm going to start with this one. F. I give yeah. this one an F just because so bad, you could have had Rich Bisakia, the guy that was on the Raiders. Like that Jim Harbaugh. He said his number one option was the Raiders. Yeah, like, it's, it, like I, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, Josh McDaniels, like... I, I don't want to be disrespectful to him or anything. Like, he, he isn't a bad hire per se. But, like, for the Raiders, I just don't think that this fits very well at all. Um, I think they should have kept Rich Bisaki. I mean, he literally took them to the playoffs after the dumpster fire that they were in, um, yeah. like, early on in the season. Like, he completely transformed them. issues were uh, started when Gruden got fired. Gruden just wasn't a good coach. Yeah, well, and I think, too, like, when you look at things, he sent, like— individualized letters to every single player on their playoff roster after they lost like that's a real coach i'm shocked that he's not there um and i mean we can talk about him real quick the packers getting him as the special teams coach is a huge hire for yeah, the packers yes, baby. For let's go yeah. let's go we needed somebody on special teams yeah Our special teams yeah the ass, worst special bro. team in the league yeah and, and so i bad. think he's their savior um for their special teams but yeah i i give this higher like Again, like a D plus. I just uh, D plus. I, I, yeah, I, gave, I gave it an F because I feel like you had the guy you wanted in Rich Bisakia. Yeah, like he, he was your guy. He did so well. I mean, I, I guess like it's an F for him. like their situation. I just think yeah. Josh McDaniel himself is like a D plus. I think. I think yeah, Josh McDaniel himself is like a D option, D plus, maybe borderline C minus. Like I didn't think he was even gonna leave the Patriots. He, yeah, yeah. I, but like I just think situationally, who they could have hired. It's yeah, yeah. It's an F. F. Like, it's an F. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they also like. We've seen in the past that, like, very rarely do Belichick-like uh, coaches yeah. turn out, um, with the exception of my mind being Brian Flores. But um, now look at yeah, where he's so, at, like, so. And Josh McDaniels is not a standout to me, um, so I, I just don't like the, uh, the hire at all. All right, so our next coach on the list is Mike McDaniel, the 49, the 49ers offensive coordinator. He was hired by the Dolphins as their new head coach, and I am going to start this one out. I love this hire. I hate that they parted ways with Brian Flores. I hate that. But they stepped up and they made a great coaching hire. I love what Mike McDaniel was able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel and their that offense. I feel like that offense, even though they had Debo Samuel, they had uh, George Kittle, they didn't really have a competent QB and he still managed to take yeah. him mm-hmm. at that, like, as far as they did in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I feel like that is just such a good hire. I feel like he's going to give this Dolphins offense which needs a spark. I feel like he's going to give it some like shiftiness, some versatility, and he's going to try and make it like improve it. And I feel like this is just a great decision for the I offense. mean, I agree perfectly with what you said too or like he's a creative guy, right? Like he made the 49ers offense look good throughout their playoff run. Um he's very creative with his play calling, you know, changing things around. I think too he had probably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league in Jimmy Garoppolo. I personally think two is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, he kind of gets an upgrade with that. Um, I say this is probably a, uh, I'd say a B minus higher just because I think it could hit and be really, really good. It also could be a very, very bad, like I could see it going either way, but, um, it's all good. 
Um, yeah, what I've been saying about this was bad fire, great hire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I, taking the Brian Flores firing out of this, <laughs> See what you did there. I'd give this an A hire. I think it's a really great hire. Um, but if I had to bring in the fact that they fired Brian Flores for this, then it brings it down to like a C because I think Brian Flores was uh, better. But hey, he's in the Shanahan uh, coaching tree. He's done uh, great things for the 49ers. Two years ago, we saw him in the Super Bowl. So, like, yeah. I I like this hire, um, and I'm glad that if the Dolphins are going to make a stupid firing, they at least made a competent hire. Yeah, I think yeah. for me personally, too, I just want to just touch off. Like, I think, you know, this has a very high, like, hit possibility. Where, like, it yeah, has a high chance of hitting, but yeah. you realize if it doesn't hit, this isn't just going to be, like, an average team. Then I feel like it's going to be horrible. Like, they're either going to be really good or really bad. I like, feel like they're either going to improve or their offense is either going to, like, become, like, worse and they're going to have to, like, get rid of some. Yeah, they're and I, have to hire I think their defense is going to be worse either way because Brian Flores was a defensive mind and they just got an offensive coach. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that team changes next year. But, but uh, uh, yeah, to move on, Vikings next, Kevin O'Connell. This is now, this is unofficial. He's the Rams offensive coordinator. So, I mean, he's still in the Super Bowl, so super unofficial. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I love this coaching hire. And not just because I'm a Packers fan. Like, I genuinely, I'm scared now because I'm a Packers fan. I love this coaching hire because the Rams offensive coordinator and what he was able to do with uh, Cooper Cup and how he was able to feed him. I feel like it's kind of the situation is kind of like similar to what the Rams had this past year with like just like they have Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup who are both like A star receivers. Mm-hmm. They have a good secondary receiver like uh, uh, in the first half of the season Robert Woods in the second half uh, OBJ like Adam Thielen. They have a, a like a mid tier quarterback. Uh, obviously Matthew Stafford's a little bit better than uh, Kirk Cousins, but still like mid tier. Yeah. Uh, and then they also have, uh, like, a really no-one's-heard-of tight end. Yeah. Uh, they both have, like, the only difference is I think the Vikings have a better running back. Which and is and be, defense, too. And defense, but, too. Yeah, which, but so he's I an think, offensive mind, so. Yeah, yeah but um, I, I definitely can see uh, this working out really well for the Vikings and this allowing them to put up a lot of points. But I feel like the one thing they're also going to have to improve on is defense because their defense didn't really show up in some games and their inconsistency on defense was a really big problem, which I feel like is not going to be fixed by an offensive mind, but definitely the offensive consistency is what they were looking for, and I feel like that's something they have to get down first. Well, and so this is one, too, where, like, this is one where, you know, Jim Harbaugh almost had this job, which I think would have been really interesting, Um, but I really think Brian Flores was the perfect fit for this team, Um, where, like, you know, know, Kevin O'Connell, he isn't bad, but, like, at the same time, I feel like Sean McVay was the main guy for the Rams. Yeah, that's how I was thinking, too. Yeah, like, it's like, in the same coaching tree, but it felt like McVay was more the Brian Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I personally think, though, they should have gone defensive mind just because their offense really wasn't that big of an issue last year, and they have a bunch of big offensive names in Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins was a pro bowler. So, like, yeah, but I don't know. I personally would have rather seen a Brian Flores hire um and i know it's not official yet but they're probably gonna get them i I don't know i'd probably rate this a b minus i i don't think this is really gonna address what they needed i don't think it's a horrible hire though like it could work out but um well two more to go we have the saints hiring their defensive coordinator um as their head coach i feel like this one was Um, just kind of like Keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah, it in the like, system. Family. I feel like it was just like they had. Yeah. They like the system they're working yeah. right now. They like the coaching they had, the system. And they didn't have to fire the coach. It was a retire, so it's not like they um, had to um, 
re like shape the coaching uh organization it was just if they liked the way it was just higher yeah than i mean and yeah i'd say this is like a c plus higher for me where like yeah you know their defense wasn't anything super special but they just wanted to keep it in yeah, that Sean Payton tree. And so, like, it, it it's an average tree. higher. Like, I feel like they could have gotten better, but I feel like they just didn't want to take a very big risk. So they're like, keep it with someone we know. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, I think I mean, we all kind of agree on that. Yeah, the final uh, final coaching hire we're taking a look at is the Giants hiring Brian Dabal. Dabble. Mm-hmm. Dabble, whatever the hell you Dable, yeah. Dable, yeah. Dable, Dable, Dable. I, I personally think this is an A higher. A, yeah, A plus. I think this higher. is the best. Higher. And if you guys didn't know, he's the he's the Bills offensive coordinator, which the Bills offense this year was explosive. They, I think the um, the only issue I could see is like he had no run game in Buffalo, and like with Saquon, like I could see Saquon being like traded or something. Um, and I think the big thing here is just Daniel Jones is gonna get his chance to kind of prove himself. I feel like. You yeah, know, if he doesn't, I, he's out of there. I've, I've yeah, always said, you know, gone, I think bro. this is Daniel Jones' last chance. I thought last year was. But, like, when he got hurt, you lo- like you looked and saw how, like, Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm, obviously both of those guys suck. But, like, they, they, they literally <laughs> yeah, they literally played so bad. Like, I feel like I could go in and at least throw, like, half of the yards they did. And I've never played football. So yeah, like, he threw for negative yards yeah, yeah, one th- game. Yeah, their team had negative passing yards because of all the sacks and stuff. So I think Daniel Jones really isn't the issue. If they can fix that O-line, I think this team can actually compete for the NFC East. Um, so I, I'd say this is an A, a or A-plus higher. Like, I think this is really good. This is kind of what they needed. Because um, their defense, I mean, it wasn't good at all. Like, it no. was it was pretty bad, but their offense was so bad. Like, I think, yeah. I don't know. So, good coaching hire, um, but you hate to see the Giants succeed. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, now, moving on from our coaches, we're going to react to the NFL honors. Um a pretty predictable year, honestly. Yeah. I yeah, think we could all agree. There wasn't that. really the only really contestion was for the coach of the year, which I thought was yeah. the only one that I mean, we could And MVP for. a little like we can all agree Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase deserve yeah, Michael Those, those were locks. Jamar Chase, Chase, Joe Burrow. TJ Watt, TJ Watt, uh Cooper Cop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the... Joe Burrow so, pretty expected, too. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. Personally, I like Tom Brady and Cooper Cup better, but I'm not surprised to see Rodgers win it. Again, he had a super good touchdown-to-interception yeah. ratio. It's just... He he plays kind of passively, but kind of like what we talked well, about last I, I week. Think, where I he's think just also, not... Yeah, I think you also look at... Uh, I feel like he is he's the most... Uh, valuable player to his team because we literally crawl like you saw like the one game he didn't play in we had a chance to win it and he we literally just like like shat on ourselves like we had we still had Devontae adams we still had aaron jones we still had aj we had the whole offense all of our players and we just literally shot the bed yeah. i think yeah and i think to be honest too like at nfc one seed if you look at the AFC one seed, nobody on the Titans is going to win it, especially with Derrick Henry being hurt. And I think record plays such a big role in the MVP. Oh, like hundred, like, like I said last week, like I said last week, I I hate that the postseason isn't included in this because then I think Cooper Cup would win the MVP, but it isn't. So regular season, like I said, Aaron Rodgers and Cooper right. Cup was not a very big surprise to me. Um, personally, like I said last week, I would have rather seen Tom Brady, but. Aaron Rodgers deserved it too. So, um, and I mean Mike Vrabel too. I know you said that was kind of questionable. I just, I didn't think it was, I, I, I didn't think it was questionable. I, I, I thought he was going to be two. I thought Matt Lafleur was going to be three. 
I thought Zach Taylor was going to be first, but I guess I can see like what you said. It's especially with MVP. I feel like Coach of the Year comes with the same thing. Yeah, like record it, is literally huge. AFC and NFC top three coaches were both the first seed and uh, first seed in yeah. AFC and NFC. I mean, yeah. It's a regular season award, and Vrabel really yeah. did a lot for the Titans this year. I'm I feel especially like, with the injuries. I feel they like, with. but I feel like he sh- like if, if any part of the playoffs is considered like. Literally, Mike Vrabel gets voted out immediately because he literally shat the bed. Well, yeah, the if playoffs are considered, Zach Taylor wins the award exactly. right here, right he took, now. He took his fifth but, seed. He took his fourth seed team to the uh, yeah, the to, Super Bowl. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, a team that had the fifth pick last year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that year. Yeah, for for me personally too. Like, I always argue that teams like the Bengals coaches should win it, where like their team is horrible last year and then this year they do so well. But the reason why I said Vrabel this year is just like. When you look at it, they had so many he injuries. He was fighting an uphill and, battle and, the whole and, time. Yeah, and they still got the one seed, which is why I was like, you know, I give the edge to Vrabel, especially with, like, John Harbaugh winning it, I think, two years ago it was, where, like, I forget who it was, but there was somebody that I was like, he should definitely win it. Uh, I thought Brian Flores. Yeah, it was Brian Flores that year. Brian Flores took him 10-6. and six. Yeah, yeah, he took him to 10-6, and six and still Harbaugh won it, and I was like, huh, really? But after that, they kind of, like, made my mind, you know, kind of spin a little bit, and I was like, you know... Yeah, honestly, Mike Vrabel is probably going to win this. Um, so good for him for winning it. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else about the NFL honors you guys I mean, really want to no, talk about. I mean, not, I mean, I feel like everything else is self-explanatory. Yeah. I feel like uh, anybody who thought Aaron Donald was going to win Depoy was crazy. I feel like the only thing you can bring up is how in the world was Nick Bosa not even considered as a candidate for the comeback player of the year. Yeah, the guy blows out been. his knee and then gets like 15 and a half sacks. Yeah, he like, should have been. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think like, he, he deserves he was, some votes. And, like, again, I find it so difficult that, like, the NFL is so QB-based. Yeah. But you got to think, too, the QB is involved in literally every single play. Um, I mean, handing off isn't that difficult. But even still, like, you can screw that up. So I, I think that's why it's so QB-based. But still, I'm not a big fan of that. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think that's the main reason he didn't. But I would have loved to see him get at least a couple votes. Um, shout out to Micah Parsons, too. First uh, unanimous are, defensive rookie cool. of the year. Yeah, first uh, unanimous defensive rookie of the year. So. I mean, but everybody saw that coming. There yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah, There wasn't really a, another guy in this class that really stood out like him. I mean, the only person who yeah. came close was Pat Patrick Sertan. Sertan but, yeah. he, like, he literally was nowhere in the same hey, Yeah, I mean, Michael I Parsons. I just want to say, Penn State, within the last five years, offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. So, yeah. we are, baby. Let's go. Yeah, all right. So, let's move on to final Super Bowl thoughts. I don't think a lot has changed since well, yeah, last obviously week. Obviously, the game but... is in. Uh, less than an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, from when we're recording this. Yeah, less yeah. than an hour and a half. So um, I like both teams. I don't really care who wins. I think the Rams will win because I think Joe Burrow's offensive line is going to let him down because the Rams are just so pass rush heavy. But, hey, I don't care who wins. I'm just here for a good time. I like both teams. I mean, my thought process is can the you know strengths of the Bengals with their receiving core get open quicker than Aaron Donald can get through that Bengals D-line. That's really what's going to make the difference. I think, you know, the Rams offense versus Bengals defense isn't going to be anything super special. Like, it'll probably put up low 20, high 20, like 20-ish points right around there. Um, And it's going to come down to how many points can the Bengals offense score against this tough Rams defense. Again, I still like the Bengals to win this game. But mm-hmm. that's just yeah. See, I'm that's at. that's my thought process as well. Is the, you got to look at the offenses and who's going to put up points. I feel like the Bengals. It'll be sort of like the Packers 49ers game, where the the Rams will be ahead for most of the game. But I do like the Bengals in reality to 
have more points up on the board than the Rams. I trust the Bengals' offense a lot more. Second half, Joe Shiesty is literally yeah. built different. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, Matt Stafford, he's been putting up points, but I, I just don't think after last week's game that he is going to put up the kind of performance that you would like to see. I think maybe like 250 passing yards, uh, a, a touchdown interception. I feel like Cooper Cup has a big game. My prediction on how this game ends, Bengals are going to drive down the field and Evan McPherson's going to hit a field goal to win 24-23, 49 yards out. He's going to hit it right hash, straight down the middle, ball game. That's my prediction, 24 I feel like before he goes out too, he's going to do his little stretch thing. He goes, oh, it looks like we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. Looks rings here, boys. Yes, sir, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, final part of the video, part of the podcast, you know, locks of the week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start us out. I well, I first, give a... let me preface by saying, uh, stop following Tyler's locks of the week. Okay, this, yeah. this was two, went, years, two uh, weeks ago. I was 3-0 and last week. Uh, I was 0-3 I was yeah. two if you, weeks if ago. You do, if you do want some really good expertise, though, come to me. Literally 9 of 9 on my locks. So literally just I'm 5-4. I'm struggling, but this week I'm going to get back it, on track. Keep it with me, and I'm starting us off with another set of... Another set of uh, I'm trying to play it a little bit risky. I've been playing safe. I'm really going to get you your money this time. So I, I started off two, two safe ones, those in a parlay. Bucks money line over Trailblazers. Last time we picked it, they won yeah, by like 30. I feel like this is going to be good. I don't trust them with the 15-point spread. I feel like mm-hmm. the Bucks they'll definitely win, but I feel like they could win by 12 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that happening. The next game I have is the game right after that is a 9 p.m. game. Uh, these are both on Monday. And it's the Nuggets over the Magic. Love what Jokic has been doing. Love what this Nuggets team has all has to offer. Don't like the magic at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> so they're bad. the worst team in the league. They're right so now. they're so bad. Uh, I feel like Nuggets win this one easily. Like no no contest at all. No carnival, no games. Yeah, no carnival, no games. The last one I'm gonna throw I'm gonna sh- uh, throw a shout out to Trenton here. Uh, me and my brother were texting about this earlier. So one thing I had not seen. I was gonna go with another NBA game, but I scratched it, and I was I'm gonna earn you guys your money here. If you throw this in the parlay, better odds than the Bengals money line is Joe Burrow Super Bowl MVP, and like I feel like yeah. if the Bengals win, Joe Burrow's almost guaranteed Super Bowl oh, yeah. MVP. He has to. So it's him or Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase is getting guarded by Jay hey, Ramsey. Yeah. Or, or or Money McPherson, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but uh, I feel like Joe Burrow's almost a lock if the Bengals win, and like Matthew Stafford's odds aren't that great, but Joe Burrow's odds for some reason are like through the roof, and yeah. so. Literally, you bet 50, win 170. Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. Like, uh, so, yeah, I feel like if you throw that in there, you definitely get your uh, money's worth. All right, well, now it's my turn for locks of the week. Um, on Monday, I have the Kings over the Nets. The Kings uh, newly acquired um, DeMontis Sabonis and Dante DiVincenzo paired with De'Aaron Fox against uh, Nets without Kyrie, Harden, or Durant. And now they got Ben 10. I think that these Kings are just going <laughs> to... forgot it's a home game, so yeah. they don't have Kyrie. And yeah, all they have is they're going to kill the Nets. Um, <laughs> that's on Monday for you guys. Another one on Monday, the Bucks play the Blazers. Like Hunter said, um, I mean, these Blazers are basically a JV team, and the Bucks are nutty. So I'm gonna, I'll take Bucks over Blazers. And on Tuesday, my final game, I got Grizzlies over Pelicans. Um, I mean, Grizzlies are just so hot right now, and... Mm-hmm. Even with the addition of C.J. McCollum, 
Ja is nutty. I don't know what you can do to stop him, but the, the Pelicans has, don't have it. Call him a squirrel. He's so nutty, bro. Like, yeah. Literally, dude. He's silly. All right, so I'm about to earn some of my reputation back. I just want to say two of my losses are because somehow, some way, the Magic in like the 13 games they've won, two of them were games that I picked against them. Um, and then one of the other ones was Bulls Spurs. I don't think Demar so played that, that game. So him back to betting against so, the Magic. Yes, I, I am betting <laughs> Nuggets over Magic on Monday. That is a lock. I promise you, like the Magic are gonna lose this time. You this know, is the game where Cole Anthony they, they see, see, I will, I will respect that one because it's on my line. So <laughs> yeah. I'm a hundred percent right now, so I will respect that game. Yeah, that's my pick. And then staying on Monday too, Jazz over Rockets. I mean, come on, the Rockets suck. I mean, yeah. they're a horrible team. The only good piece they have is Christian Wood, and he Dennis Schroeder. They, they, they just got Dennis Schroeder. Well, yeah, they just got Dennis Schroeder, but, but only, the only too, good piece yeah. they really have is like Jalen Green. But, like, that they have Donovan Mitchell and then, like, mm-hmm. Christian Wood and then they have Rudy Gobert, so I, I yeah. get that easily. All right, and then my last lock, got to go with my team, Milwaukee Bucks over the Pacers. The Pacers suck. Bucks are reigning champs. Bucks are Pacers. Pretty easy pick on Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up uh, this week's episode of Sofa Sports. Um, stay tuned next week for us to talk about our reaction on the Super Bowl. Um, some more All-Star Weekend prep and some more.